Halloween. Ow. Never heard of it. Ow, I feel Ow. good. Oh. Uh, may, I, may I remind you that this is the, technically the last day of the last Saturday of the month of October. Oh, is it? Yeah. Sad. How, well, that means Halloween's that much closer. It, it feels, yeah, it feels like it comes sooner and sooner every year. It does. And you, this, uh, this episode is one that you can really get your hooks into. Because mm. mm, we're can, doing Hellraiser! Fired. <laughs> fired, I say. Welcome to the Saturday Friends Club, where we talk about stuff that we've watched before, mostly. And, uh, At least one of us have watched before. and mm. Sometimes. And, and, uh, and talk about if it's still good. I'm Josh Sabrina's here. We've I'm got here. you. Yep, that is factual <laughs> at this moment. Uh, Eric is here. I'm here, and we've got Rex back. Hello, and we are wrapping up. <laughs> he has not left in the middle of our recording session. <laughs> no, <laughs> and Just, another guest flees the podcast. <laughs> Curses again. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, uh, as stated, we are going to. We're going through. This is technically the last. Uh, the last. Halloween slash October, though. Man, we we're going to start November off on a very weird note. Well, yeah. Very I mean, sexy note. Well, maybe just a teeny bit. But uh, to, to talk about a little bit of awkward sexuality, maybe in a way, we're doing mm. Hellraiser now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is my um, my choice. Why? Uh, to fill up the Halloween. And <laughs> Explain it's an, yourself. It, <laughs> my explanation for this is that this is the reason why I did not watch horror movies. Oh, okay. So, this, is the, the, this is a bad excuse not to watch horror movies, but okay. It's a perfect excuse I, because I am a sweet boy. He's a sweet little man. I, like, I, my large mama, adult boy. My mama loves me. Uh, and did not want we'll me to see. see stuff that gave me nightmares because I easily got nightmares. Uh, I for I will I will state this for the longest time I was terrorized by the TriStar horse in my dreams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I this. remember that anecdote. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it didn't take much. Um, uh, I I would say I joked about it earlier, but like I actually I, I actually was was rather entertained watching this movie. For its ups and downs. Uh, so the the history is is that basically I was I'd say in the fourth grade at this point went over <laughs> to a, went to a friend's house. Uh, they were having kind of like I, I forget if it was a sleepover. I don't think I actually slept over, but uh, they had Hellraiser on the TV, and I clearly remembered like all the kids going like, "Hey, let's go check this out." And I just looked at it, saw Pinhead, and I was like, "Nope, I'm over here. You got a cat. I got. I'm gonna check out this cat. It's got." Looks like it's got fleas, but it's better than what's in there. Uh, so, yeah, I noped out uh, on seeing Hellraiser because it just looked a little too spooky to me. Mm. Uh, and so... Yeah, this be- this definitely is the source of trauma and or weird fetishes. Yep. So that... so <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Oddly <laughs> enough, uh, I did not ever actually finish watching Hellraiser until either... either the last week all the way through, or I've just seen bits and pieces and forgotten about it, but, or I probably just seen analysis videos of it online, to be honest. Like you, you, the only way you can get through is to have some like, like nasally nerd talking about it, like yeah. in cut screen. Yes. <laughs> I, I need the exact thing that our listeners are doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, had anybody else actually seen Hellraiser before now? I sub, I assume Sabrina had. I suburb- <laughs> yep. I've seen it before. All right, neat. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go into any further detail? Um, this is probably one of the few 80s movies that I actually didn't see when I was younger. I probably didn't see this one until I was a teenager. 
At least not all the way through. I think the one time I watched it all the way through was when I was a teenager. So, yeah, I had seen it before. All right, Eric. Uh, I had not. Uh, the closest I saw was I remember seeing, like, the opening scene from Hellraiser 2 on TV when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, it's a scary movie. And then, like, a, a, like a chain shoots through the guy's throat in the beginning. And it, it was such a, it was, the effect was so cheesy. Even then, as a kid, I remember laughing at it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is what a, this is what horror movies are like. Uh, maybe it's not so bad. But I don't, I just, I just, I always remember seeing like the first like minute of that movie. All right, Rex. Uh, this was actually my first time watching it. Neat. Um, I, I, when I was a very, very small, tiny baby child, I used to go to this <laughs> yeah. video rental store called Scott's, and I'd always get like super. I'm imagining you in a sailor suit with a little like big <laughs> lollipop. Oh, I, pa- I, oh I, Papa, we're going oh, to the store today. I had, I had a little black, uh, like saw black T-shirt with like the hood. It had little Mickey Mouse ears on it, and I'd purposely oh, wear red no. shorts. And, yeah. I'm just imagining Baby Rex, and Baby Rex is adorable. I'll show you pictures. I, there's. I'm like sequin like dance costumes. Oh. I'm it's nuts. Wow. I want to uh, see baby rips. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, so like I, I'd, I'd go into the video <laughs> rental store and I, I would see like the Hellraiser like video box because it always felt like it was front and center whenever you went to yeah. any video store. Because like w- w- when, especially when I was that young, like I didn't like movies like that, but I was attracted to the visuals of it. So I'd pick up the box and like. Kind of like with like a heavy breath, like looking at yeah, it. Yeah, you like, want to see what's going on. <laughs> I know, there. and I would look over the box, and I'm just like, I can't watch this. But like, I also couldn't read, so I didn't even know what it said. <laughs> and so for years, like when a horror movie would be on, I was like, is this the movie with the weird like pin guy in it? But like, I finally watched it, and we'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good ish yeah. movie. It, I, I was very squeamy. Like even when I was a little kid, I saw like. Just like the trailer for the movie The Fly, and it gave me nightmares. Oh, see, I've so never, oh. I've not oh. seen The Fly either. And I, it's, as I understand, with a blood Dave, phobia, it's not a great it's thing to David watch. David Cronenberg. It's very, it's just as goopy as this. As but a, it does. I, the Fly is probably why I have some interesting predilections now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that if we ever mm-hmm. watch yeah, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's please never watch that movie. Man, it's, the Jeff of, it's Jeff the, Goldblum, isn't it? The amount of people that I hear that talk about the fly and just like a horrific, like underbreath, like oh, the fly, like sets <laughs> oh, me. If you in see a, the the final scene. It's really gross. Oh, yeah, it, it's whoo. Whoa. Whoa. It's definitely worse than Hellraiser. <laughs> It sounds like it. Um, all right. So, yeah, Hellraiser, it, uh, yeah, that's that's the basis for it. So let's just go ahead and let's just jump in here. I how, have to. How about let's just go ahead and let's let's open up the box. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's jump night, in y'all. the line, rock your body in time. <laughs> okay, I believe you. Uh, can we do Beetlejuice again? That would be no, <laughs> no, we can't. The movie's bad. <laughs> Actually, I would watch Beetlejuice without Beetlejuice. I want to cut Michael Keaton entirely <laughs> Dude, out of the movie. You do I would realize, just watch Juice. You, you do I'm realize juice. that Beetlejuice is only in like 15 minutes of exactly, that movie. Exactly, so you, you still have to watch 90% of the movie. Yeah, that's fine. He was literally the, the main element that I found like, this is terrible. I and then let's movie. make a cartoon out of it. And then well, he's all, he's way more in the cartoon and even worse. Yeah. I but, love Michael Keaton. All right. But I, I think he's I think he's fine. Just not in Beetlejuice. Now, let's let's go ahead and move into this house. Let's go ahead let's, and, which, and start. a house which is in New England or London. <laughs> uh, let's, you know. Let's go ahead and, and uh, you know, romanticize a guy that was made from blood. Let's, uh, um Oh boy! Yeah, let's uh, let's let's just let's, let's jaunt down to the local monkey paw dealer and get uh, get going on this movie. Yeah, let's uh, start a little bit of hell raising. 
Generic spooky music. <laughs> oh, I thought that was from the movie. No, that is from the movie. Oh, okay. that actually is. Oh, just, okay. No wonder I was so bored. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, like we start with our first factoid. This movie was originally supposed to have a soundtrack by like early like crazy industrial band Coil. Whoa, but then, really? Yes. Who were like a weird like kind of proto Nine Inch Nails like kind of weird weird creepy industrial. Huh. Um, and then that was somehow vetoed by the studios, and they had to do like a they had to do like a house band for it. But yeah, apparently, then apparently, Coil made the soundtrack, and it is it's hard to find apparently, but it is like the unused Hellraiser soundtrack. That's wild. I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. You do go listen to me some Coil, I guess. Woof. Uh, all right, Hellraiser is a 1987 British supernatural horror film <laughs> written and directed by Clive Barker and produced written by and directed by Garth Marenghi <laughs> and produced by Christopher Figg, uh, based on Barker's novella The Hellbound Heart. The film marked Baker's directorial debut. The film involves the resurrection of Frank, who has opened the door to an alternate dimension and had his t body torn to pieces by creatures known as centibites. Years later, no Frank... in there. Cinnabites, sorry. There every every time I see Cinnabites, though, it makes me think that they're a delicious thing I can get at the mall. Mm. Yeah, or something at Taco Bell. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Ooh, let me get an order of Cinnabites. Oh, no, I said it wrong. There's a pin in it. <laughs> Why did it come with a cube? Uh, <laughs> years later, Frank's brother Larry moves into his late mother's abandoned house to a new uh, with new wife Julia. An accident causes some of Larry's blood to spill on the attic floor, which triggers Frank's resurrection. To complete his resurrection, he requires more blood, which Julia provides. Uh, and Larry's daughter, da, da, da. that's pretty much the entire movie in one paragraph. I know. Um, which does bode, does not bode the best for how detailed this movie actually is in its plot, but we'll go forward with it. Um, I think the number one thing that we should probably state before we get down to it is that this movie is I mean, okay, Alien is a good movie and good visuals. Yeah. This is good visuals with an M movie. I'd say some of the visuals hold up. Like, Resurrecting Frank looks cool. Yeah, that was that yeah. was cool. Resurrecting Frank, every single scene he shows up looks really good, minus the very last one with the skin. Like, that's just like, and we just... I would honestly say that once he's, like, once he's the guy in, like, the suit... It look he starts looking goofy. Yeah, the more that they put clothes on, okay, the more I, they put clothes, he looks dumpy. Yes, I feel like the effects in the second movie were a bit better. Yes, dear. Or hmm. I'm gauging it just off of this one though. I know, but I'm just saying I do think in the second movie it's a little bit well, better. Sequel, they have a higher budget probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I, I, and sort of on the same vein as that, I think that's one of my biggest gripes is like since this was my first time watching it, and I went through the movie, I felt like. I felt like that I was given the mashed potatoes and the peas, but I didn't get the steak. Like, I didn't really know what the whole story was. But they're like, yeah. oh, well, you have to watch the sequel. And it's like, well, why? Yeah. Like, it didn't make a very good basis for the movie, I think, from the first one. They're, they're, they're feel, it felt like the, the Cenobites, especially their whole thing, was like, felt very ancillary. I don't know. It was odd. And I, yeah. I will agree that some of the visuals, like, on one hand look very good and on the other hand look bad. Like, any time that they do, like, the hooks going out and catching flesh, it's just like, that is just... That's that, looks like, that, that looks like spray-painted, wet, like, uh, 
paper towels. Yeah, yeah. basically. It's just it, like, it looked like them pulling off the icing from a cake is what I said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. It, it's it's like as said, I don't do well when I like view blood. I yeah, definitely. I, I don't like like this. This movie was, I think, the right level of like. I get what they're going for, but the effects are just cheesy enough that it's not like making me squeamish. Yes, that mm-hmm. was basically it's, it. It's it's it's, the, it's this is a very eighties John Carpenter. Everything is made out of like lubed up rubber. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you still like you look at the the Cenobites, and for the most part, like they look pretty good. Oh yeah, uh, like the, like uh, Butterball uh, looks really good. The um, I'd say this. I'd, I think the the. The, the female centibite. Is that now you're making me say it? Cenobite. Cenobite. I felt like she was most convincing. Um, the teeth chattery one was funny. Yeah. I, I giggled whenever he appeared. <laughs> he was just cold. He was just. <laughs> he's smiling. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, buddy. And then Pinhead <laughs> himself, himself wasn't terribly threatening to me. Nah, he was just like, hey, it's me. I got, uh, I got pins. Woo. Yeah. You could hang a picture off of my cheek <laughs> if you so wanted to. <laughs> Just imagine you just go to like a construction site, like, "Hey, Pinhead, could you help me out?" Thanks. It's yeah. like one of those things, like was like like old toys, where it's just a bunch of like pins. You got like rubber bands and made little patterns yes. like all around oh, it. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be. Please yeah. stop doing that to my head. There's <laughs> <laughs> just there's just somebody just like making a yarn puzzle on yes. his head. He's like, "Could you they're please doing, stop?" They're doing some cross stitching. Somebody Stab puts like seats on it. Puts a little ball on it. Just plays some plinko. Yeah, which <laughs> is crazy because so many people like. Like, sight pinhead is like one of the things that they're really scared of. Yeah, we, we should. Very scary in this movie. He's we just should, like, it's time to get. We need to get to the chopper. And <laughs> we by, sh- yeah, we should also <laughs> say on top of this. So uh, we're going to likely say pinhead a lot. Um, we also want to recognize two things. I think right off front <laughs> when we talk about pinhead. Uh, one is the fact that Pinhead isn't technically the name because Clive Barker has stated that he prefers oh, to... me. Oh, it's just not a serious name. Did not give an actual name for him and later revised Pinhead to Priest. Yeah. Uh, the second is the fact, and uh, uh, Rex, you brought it up earlier if you wanted to go ahead and... Yeah, I, 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 I understand that the name Pinhead is also pretty offensive to people uh, with a particular type of uh, birth defect, I think, or, or something like mm. that. Um, so if I think for, uh, at least for my own safety, I'm just going to refer to him as priest okay. as often as I can. Um, I'm like, I mean, it's just kind of a name that like people adopted like to that character over time. Um, so like, you know, hmm. it's yeah. And, and I mean, they're like basically people just put short head, short hands for a bunch of these where it's like, they yeah. never said CD was the name of the guy with the, like the really wide face, I guess in the later ones. And you See, know, I didn't even know their names at all. Yeah. All so. I knew about was, uh, for priests. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just, uh, just a heads up on that. Uh, just so we all know, um, if there's anything else before we start, we can get into the, um, conf- the weird plot. That we got for this not entirely great plot-wise movie? The half-dug plot. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in Morocco, Frank Cotton buys a puzzle box from a dealer in a bare attic when Frank solves the puzzle. Why is he... A question right off the bat, which I noticed and kept bugging me. Why is he so... Like, why are his nails so dirty in that opening shot? Uh, he's just been... He's just been doing the crazy He's just been a crazy boy. Is he, that what it is? is that he, what it is? He needs. I mean, he's just gotten to the point of sex that he needs like the rawest, realest sex. I guess. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, this is where I really get. But it was just funny. Like 
he's like all dirty, and then he hands like the guy a bunch of like filthy like hundred dollar bills. Apparently, the cube the cube to hell costs like a thousand dollars. I mean, like you only get to use it once, and it seems like it gets a return policy. Yeah. So. Okay. Well. Um, Proceed. Yep. Uh, in a bear attic, when Frank solves the puzzle, hooked change emerge and tear him apart. Cut forward. Later, the room is filled with swinging chains and covered with the remnants of his body. A black-robed figure picks up the box and returns it to its original state, restoring the room to normal. Actually, that that, that, that shot was probably my favorite of the movie. Yeah, actually. like putting his face back together. Well, no, just the, the room full of, like, the, the chains. of like It's very, very Event horizon mm. Yeah, kind of like a racer heady too, in a little way. Um, I was expecting his face to reanimate, honestly. Because, like, since I had never seen the movie and it just seemed like that's kind of the route that this movie would go in, like, right off the bat. I, I was expecting him to just, like, reanimate and just, mm. like, start saying things. Instead of just be just pieces of rubber on the floor. Ooh, and it's like, weird, and cut scene. All right. One, one weird that, day, huh? You wrap that one up. All right. Sweet. You put pieces back together on a floor. Um, all right. Sometime afterward, Frank's brother, Larry. Larry. Moves into the house to rebuild his strained relationship with his second life wife, Julia who had an affair with Frank shortly after their wedding. Okay. So, yeah. This is the part that I need to, like, I want to really hone in on this part of the movie. Because yeah. it's bad? Yeah. It's, okay, so <laughs> we should... So Frank is looks like an 80s actor. Everyone looks super 80s in this movie, mm-hmm. which detracts from the horror, because they all look like... They all look like they're playing principals and teachers in, like, an yeah. 80s teen movie. I mean, Frank looks. Frank is He's the like worst because he just looks like your like stock Reaganite. Just like, He's, hello, yeah. hi. He's I'm- supposed to be someone who's like gone to the edges of the world to experience like well no that but the frank the like normal one yeah I'm saying, but he's but that's the idea. His background is that like he's tried to find like the freakiest sex and like the, that's the, Larry. Frank. No, other way around. Frank, frank is the guy that. Yeah. Reanimate. Oh, sorry. La- I'm sorry. I'm getting La- this. So Larry. Larry. So just yeah. so bland names that it's easy to Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> also the thing. Like, yeah. This horror franchise, like, yeah, the, the spooky villain, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> and, his, and his brother, Larry. Yes. Um, so, yeah, Larry is basically just like the most Reaganite, boring person on the face of the planet. Yeah. Like, nothing to him. So, 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 but Frank. Frank is sort of like, you know, he's the ultimate libertine. He's, he's, his life is in pursuit of carnal pleasures, but like, he just looks like a regular guy and he's apparently really, he lives like a hobo. Um, but like, but he is the sex. So, like, he seduces his brother's wife. And it, yeah, it's, it's, okay. It appears that like, it's, she, he's supposed to like, Open her to this world of the most crazy sex possible, but it is extremely vanilla. Yeah, it's so it's so weird because it's like I made me think of the Garth Marenghi episode where he, like he's writing the sex scene <laughs> and it's like a little intro and it's like we they did all the positions on top doggy and normal <laughs> and, like, and then and then a hell beast ate them and like that's what this movie felt like it was like it is supposed to be portraying this is supposed to be like the most crazy like perverted sexual like depravity possible and it's like her wearing a kabuki mask <laughs> like yeah the, the casting also felt weird it just felt like they pulled all the actors from the movie the adjuster and just <laughs> made it like crazy horror all right we need you to do like a crazy horror oh, movie oh, what was that goodness. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> yeah so you yeah you have frank uh you so have larry doing and the then, most depraved things possible which is just like 
I'm going to take out a knife and, position? and cut your <laughs> cut your bra, and you will be surprised. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Julia, who we are, who is just like basically just like I'm here in the movie and I'm unhappy. Yeah. And then and then uh, Frank shows up and she's just like. <sighs> I gotta get that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's so it's the juxtaposition of like to actually portray what Frank's character is supposed to be up to. Like they could never make this movie, so it's like they have to tone it way back, and so it just feels yeah. it undercuts itself because it's just like I think all he's doing is they're just having regular sex that yeah. appears to be all is going on. Like when he shows up in the first dream sequence when she's yes. like fantasizing about him, he looks like some dude on the front of like a romance novel. Wearing mm-hmm. like, yeah, like they're, they're, they're like going to the bone zone wearing still most of their clothes. It's raining on him so he's all glistening too. It's yeah, just but like, he's got I'm like not... perm hair so it's kind yeah. of taken away. <laughs> nothing, it's just nothing like a towel. Better... It's like watching a wet towel. Yeah, just nothing, like... nothing better for your sex scene than just have a belt buckle like jangling around the whole time. <laughs> Uh, let's see. And yeah, and then finally to wrap up the n- other normal people is Christy, who is here basically to be our Stream, primary stream queen. Yeah. Just like, oh, hey, I'm going to discover stuff. You're a female character. We're going to inflict things upon you. Yeah. Yep. By the way, you'll be the heroine at the end of, for some reason. Yeah. Like, like you're going yeah. to not be here for 90% yeah. of the movie and then just be like, oh, you're the one that feels sympathetic to because you're young and cute. And you know, it's, it's, it's like, I know that we were like, like poking at these little bits about the movie. I guess these make yeah, a lot guys, more sense cool. with the sequel, which I can respect that. But as someone who's never seen it and you should like, I would expect some of these gaps to be filled in the first movie. Like maybe like we might be being too critical on some of these well, parts. Sabrina, no, do you know much about the Hellraiser two and how this all like kind of fits in? Um, I mean, it's, I think you could see them as two separate things. I mean, the character, Kirsty does return in Hellraiser 2, but they do introduce new characters as well. So... And they explain the Cinnabons. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they do explain it more in the second movie, but... Uh, well, going into it. I, I honestly... The, I haven't... Se- like, it's been a long time since I saw the first and second movies. Like, I saw the first one, obviously, this past week. But it's been a while since I've since seen the second one. So I know you get more, like, backstory in the second one. Yeah. But I'd, in the end, like, the... Because the, the Pinheads, or Pinhead and, and the Cenobites, they're kind of like a secondary character in the first movie. Yeah. Because your main mm-hmm. villain's Frank. Yeah. Um, And in the second one, it's kind of the same deal where... Spoiler alert, Julia comes back this time. <gasps> yeah. Dude. And then the Cenobites also come back. But again, Julia was supposed to be the main villain in the second one, too. So. Well, let's see. Uh, so um, sometime afterward, Frank's brother Larry moves into the house to rebuild a strained relationship with his second wife, Julia, who had an affair with Frank shortly after their wedding. Larry's teenage daughter, Christy, has chosen not to live with them and moves into her own place. Larry cuts his hand uh, trying a bed. Oh, carrying. There we go. I read that wrong. Larry cuts his hand carrying a bed up the stairs in a really just like it's the anticipation is. No, it would not have cut his hand that way. Yeah. The anticipation is worse than the actual payoff. Yeah. Because you see it coming with like this nail that is like. Barely yeah. in the wood yeah. if it was actually out that far. But 
Like, then he moves it, and it's just another one of those scenes where it's like, as you said, wet tissue paper. Like, oh, and then there's blood everywhere. Oh, yeah, oh I'm, dr- I'm dripping red corn syrup oh, all over the place. So terrible. Uh, so carrying a bed up the stairs and his blood drips on the attic floor. The blood resurrects Frank as a skinless corpse who is soon found by Julia. Still obsessed with Frank. She agrees to harvest blood for him so that, so whole, that he can well, be fully restored. Whole, like, well, first of all, like I, the, the resurrection scene is kind of cool because it's totally like, oh, yeah. we, we melted a skeleton in reverse. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was like when it, like you just saw these two, like, I guess were like his arm bones coming out yeah. first and then like, the brain was like further up, but it just all like came together. Like I, I had no idea that it was going to be a person like oh. being brought back. No, and as I said, the visual effects awesome. are far, yes. far better than the actual like plot of this movie oh, because yeah. that scene goes on and it does a really good job of just yeah. like, oh, this is gross it's, and gruesome, but like it's coming very, together. It was very John Carpenter y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, carpentry. <laughs> John Carpentering. <laughs> um, but then like she's like. She takes it very well. Yeah, she's just at first she's like, "Oh God, whatever," and just like, "Hey, it's Frank," and like, "Oh, yeah, that's that." That that was the other thing that really bothered me was a lot of the character interactions, their dialogue just didn't feel organic or like, like when he got his hand cut and he came up to talk to uh, Julia about it, like he he just he was just like, "Oh, look." This is my mm. hand covered yeah. in blood. I needed a plot reason yeah. to run up the stairs some more yeah. to show this to you. Yeah, it was real. That was really weird. Like I felt like that wasn't a very good. Why not call for her instead of going up to her when you're bleeding all over the place? That yeah. makes no sense. He's a big dope. Yeah. Uh, so still obsessed with Frank, she agrees to harvest blood for him so he can be fully restored yeah, and they can run like, away together. She just accepts like, yeah, he's back from the dead. He wants me to kill people for him. Yeah, okay. I, like uh, that, that like that missionary sex was that good. <laughs> well, beauty's only she, skin deep. She gonna... <laughs> he nibbled my he nibbled my earlobe. <laughs> he made me put on, he made me put on a kabuki mask. <laughs> that was like one of the photos she's looking at when she finds yeah. it. Yeah, and it's like like this is the most depraved sexual like. like what is happening here, guys? Yeah, none of the like they showed her looking through pictures. Who's of, taking those photos, by the way? I don't know. Did they know. go to like a photo shoot? Like, okay, we need to have our like depraved sex party where I, I wear a kabuki mask and like just get some because there were like color photos and black and white photos. Yeah, some of them were all like artfully posed. It's like, yeah, and it's like they weren't even like kinky or anything. Well, this was, was just... before Craigslist, so no one really knew what kinky stuff was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one, no so. one was having weird sex before <laughs> yeah. Craigslist. Julia. Um, the Marquis de Sade would disagree with you guys. That's why, that's why it was a big, a sarcastic joke. <laughs> Julia, let's try something different tonight. I'm turning the lights off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the red. Wait, bolt. no, no, no! I thought being kinky back then was keeping the lights on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. We're gonna put two holes in the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it but it's the, that level of like we could, and even apparently the director said like he originally wanted the scenes to be more explicit, like there's actually less violence and more sex, and then the studios like nixed it. Yeah, so just like yeah, I think we're gonna be way sexier and way and like way more erotic, but it's just like his description of it, like mm, I kind of dis- gonna disagree with you on that one, uh, Clive Barker. And I don't again, know. I kind I kind of want to read. 
the original story that this yeah. is based on to see what that's like. Maybe it's better. He probably goes. He probably is more explicit in the story, but you yes. can usually be more explicit in, in writing. Yeah. But I feel that the book is like the book's definitely going to hit the same points, and I feel like I already know the book by just this is like, oh, lady, re- like lady is hots for guy, guy is dead somehow, comes world. back to life, needs that bone, uh, and then like commits murder. Over. Uh, all right, Julia then being, begins picking up men in bars, bringing them back to the house, she, where she, she picks, murders she them. She picks up a succession of Mr. Beans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She just went to a Mr. Bean convention. Yeah. Oh, why, why don't we? I, just like, I, I, would love, I would love to see that. Just bring back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, Mr. Bean. Mr. Ron Atkinson. <laughs> Um, it's it just stumbles like each time she swings the hammer, he's just kind of like, oh, looks down and sees a shiny penny. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I, I really did jump when the guy got the hammer to the jaw. Like you saw his like oh, yeah. teeth break oh, open like yeah. that. That really, I, I was super. They were apparently uncozy. one of the scenes they had to like they had to cut stuff to make this not an X-rated movie. Really? One of them was like something like longer shots of a guy being hammered in the head. So, <laughs> but um, oh Oof. we. We should say though that like this movie was is shot in the UK is shot in England and they went and like at the last minute redubbed a whole bunch of people with like American accents. No way. Yes. And they didn't do a full they didn't do a full jobs like the the terrible dinner party scene. One of the guests like flip flops back and forth. I heard that. That's yes. why I wasn't quite sure on the setting. Maybe that's why like some of the acting just felt really weird to me. It's just oh it's, oh they're British. That's why the the sex is so weird. They're British. <laughs> <laughs> oh hello. Hello. <laughs> I can't do this without a cup of tea. Henry, Henry, I've put my kabuki mask tonight. <laughs> you Americans. <laughs> oh. Shut up, woman. I've got this cube. <laughs> this kinky cube. What? I bought. <laughs> what, what have we discovered, Sabrina? Uh. Sabrina made a face. She's looking at her phone and making faces. Sabrina's uh, covering her okay, mouth. Okay, so I'm reading the synopsis of the actual story. And one of the details in the story that wasn't really mentioned in the movie was apparently it's not just the fact that his brother cuts his hand and he's called Rory in the novella, by the way, not Larry. But supposedly (laughs) not only is it because he cut his hand, but he bleeds on the I guess it's mixed with semen that Frank had ejaculated onto the floor before he was taken by the center. Yeah, like you do. Neato. (laughs) Oh wow. my god, no, this is like way more complex than the movie yeah. showed. Like huh. this is ridiculous. Like he, okay, so um so he when he obtains the box, mm-hmm. uh let's see. Oh, I think in the book like he prepares a shrine of offerings for the realm's inhabitants, the Cenobites. Um he's confused when they appear because he's <laughs> like that he was expecting beautiful women. But anyway, he decides to take their offer of experiences like he has never known before, despite their repeated warnings that it may not be what he yeah. expects. <laughs> so they don't just take you. They, like, even warn you g- before you agree oh. to they it. They give you, like, a parental content um, warning before you get dragged yeah. to hell. Are you 18 and over? You have to click the button. Are you 18 <laughs> and over? Yeah. Of um, course I am. Yeah. So they totally, they even warned him before. Like it wasn't, oh, you opened the box, that's it. You've already forfeited it. They totally warn you before. That's crazy. I get, like, okay, all right, let's do it. Like, you've signed the permission slip. Mm. Oh my God, and Kirsty. 
Kirsty isn't the daughter in the story. Kirsty is a friend of Rory, Frank's brother, and is secretly in love with him. Mm. <laughs> I want to read the book now. I know. I want to read this. This yeah. sounds more interesting. You want to read, read the next uh, Garth Marenghi like uh, <laughs> book? Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's see. Going back here, uh, it said Julius starts picking up minute bars, bringing them to the house where she murders them. Frank then consumes their blood, therefore regenerating his body. Frank explains to Julie that w- that he had exhausted all sensory experiences and sought out the puzzle box with the promise that it would open a portal to a realm to a realm of carnal pleasures. When solved, the Cinnabons came to subject him to the extremes of sadomasochism and yes. the extremes of like sugary goodness <laughs> mm, delicious uh christy spies julia bringing a man to the house she follows her to the attic where she interrupts frank's latest feeding frank attacks her with his gooey goo hands come to daddy oh boy uh frank <laughs> not, a, not cool that's frank, his catchphrase yeah, it's so weird he does it's say real. he does say come to, to daddy to his knees yeah even in his waking life like i guess there's something that he said oh that's like, gross yeah yeah uh yeah he's like a he's like a grosso crazy person mm. Yeah. Uh, Frank attacks her, but Christy throws the puzzle out of the window, creating a distraction. Yeah, why does and that allowing distract her? her to just, she throws the puzzle out of the window, and he just goes, no. Yeah, because he really he does. Because he doesn't want the box to go into someone else's hands because he's afraid of the Cenobites coming back. And do I, you think that there's something where he can't leave that? Well, but he can later. Maybe it's just at the early point he can't leave no, that no, no, room. No, 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 He can leave. The thing, he doesn't want to leave until he has a skin. Because obviously people are going to say stuff if they see someone walking around someone that's just muscle. Someone might say something. Yeah. Can't get skin cancer in the sun if you don't got any skin, though. Good okay, point. but that wasn't his concern. I'm just saying. That's... His his concern was people being like, hey, there's a dude walking around with no skin on his muscles. That would be kind of weird. Been there before. Yeah, well, yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. You think, and you think, like, wondering what, what you should put on to go to, the, like, the bathroom in the middle of the night is, like... Yeah. Question. You know when they talk about like you need a glove to pr- for protection, like the skin is your glove to protect your body. Yeah. From bacteria and diseases, so the skin's actually a really important part of your body. But he's been spent. He's been spending years in uh, in like weirdo carnal pleasure land. Like yeah. he could he could probably take like, a little bit of. He has like he should have like mega STDs. <laughs> he, he's like he, he probably you know, does. He's like where I where I'm gonna, where I'm going to take you. You don't need skin. <laughs> Yeah, where this where this movie is going, you won't need it now. Oh my goodness! So Kirsty re- uh, retrieves the box and flees, but collapses shortly thereafter. Awakening in a hospital, Kirsty solves the box, summoning the Cenobites and the monster called the Engineer, which Christy narrowly escapes from. If you look in that shot, you can see the dolly and crew like pushing it along. <laughs> you sure can. Also, what was up with that hospital? That that nurse it was so not cool. Timey. Yeah, she went to and like she went to like a crazy like horror movie like hospital. The doctor was really kind of rude and it was like the police want to talk to you. Well, do you think it was because when they first picked her up, she was covered in blood? Yeah, she was like, covered in blood and it wasn't her blood. I guess, but I, they they wouldn't have known if that. Like, I guess I guess they, she didn't have any like scars on her, but like they were just the two nuns are like, Meh. yeah, yeah, like, that's weird. So the Cenobites leader explains that although they have. They have been perceived as both angels and demons. They are simply explorers from another dimension seeking carnal experiences, and they can no longer differentiate between pain and pleasure. 
when they attempt to force Kirstian to re- to return to the realm with them, she informs uh, Priest that Frank had escaped. The Cenobites agree to take Frank back and, in exchange, say they will consider giving Kirstie her freedom. However, the catch is that Frank has to confess to escaping them. This is a weird caveat to the story. I don't remember them saying that specifically. It was just about them finding him, not that he confessed. Yeah, they're like, we want to hear it from his own lips. But that was later that they said that. that We want to hear from his own lips that he's Frank. They mentioned it before, too. Do they? I don't remember. This is a very weird and convoluted part of the movie. Maybe they did, and I, like I said, why, I just, don't, they, I only really remember them. So, is it, at the like, end. if you open the puzzle box, you summon the Cenobites, then they're like they're obligated to like take you back with them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like why? you summoned us, so we have to take you. And she was like, no. And then she, I guess she remembered like the cube was taken from Frank, and she's like, oh, well, Frank got away. And they're like, oh, well, we need to hear it from him. And then she escapes. Mm-hmm. So. It's funky. It is. Uh, Kirsty returns home where Frank has killed Larry and taken his identity by stealing his skin. Julia that's show- not how it works, but okay. Well, I mean, that's what happens. Like in she the doesn't movie. notice. She doesn't notice the like goo line around yeah. like but, any place that there's. But that's what I'm saying. If he is growing back muscles and stuff over his actual oh, bones, right. like you can't change your facial structure by putting on someone else's skin. You are you you are going to change the way that skin fits on your face, so you're not oh, going to look exactly like that you, person. Have you replaced your skin before? I know how because they I've seen people do facial reconstructions and seen how it works. Don't knock until you've tried it, Serena. You can't fake. <laughs> Once in a while, you just like new 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 year, new me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. I think it's exactly how it works. All right, you do you. Julia shows her what is purported to be Frank's flayed corpse in the attic, locking the door behind her. The Cenobites then appear and, not fooled by the deception, demand the man who did this. Kirsty tries to escape but is held by Julia and Frank. Frank reveals his true identity to Christy, and when his sexual advances are rejected, he decides to kill her to complete his rejuvenation. He accidentally stabs Julia instead and drinks her blood without remorse. Frank chases Kirsty into the attic and uh, into the attic. And when he is about to kill her, the Cenobites appear after hearing him confess to killing her father. Now sure he is the one that they are looking for, they ensnare him with chains and tear him to pieces. With Frank out of the picture, the Cenobites decide to take Kirsty. Ripping the puzzle box from Julia's dead hands, Kirsty banishes the Cenobites by reversing the motions needed to open the puzzle box. Kirsty's boyfriend shows up, who basically was a non-factor through the yeah, entirety like, oh, of yeah. this movie. What's going on here? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just wearing my like weird 80s shirt. Yeah. And helps her escape the collapsing house. Afterward, Kirsty throws the puzzle box into a burning pyre. <laughs> I, I like when they cut to like the ruins of the house, and like in the corner of the shot, there's just a, just a lone chair that's on fire just sitting there. <laughs> Just a, just a single chair. Uh, a vagrant who had been stalking Kirsty walks into the fire and retrieves the box before transforming into a winged creature. Yeah, yeah, that it guy. was a bone dragon. Turn into like a the, bone dragon. The Looney Tunes ending with like yeah. the little circle thing, and they're inside. The- <laughs> Oh, yeah. can, we, can we talk about the oh, yeah. scene? Cube, cube vision? Well, yeah. Well, let me, let, let, me, let me just wrap up one last sentence here. Flying away, a uh, winged creature flies away. The box ends up in the hands of the merchant who sold it to Frank, offering it to another prospective yeah. customer. He's a, re, he's a re-gifter. 
Can we talk about the scene where they re-ensnare Frank, though? They oh, show the gruesome... They basically just show the, the same scene they show in the beginning again, where it's ripping, like, skin... And then, and then, but then they pause for a moment where they show all the hooks in him and his face is all stretched out and he just like licks his lips in a really weird and sexual way. And he says, and Jesus wept or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Which I'm like, what? And yeah. then they pull him apart and he explodes. Yeah. So basically, uh, they're, um, Andrew Robinson convinced Clive Barker to replace the original line uh, with Jesus wept, the, the original line just being an F you. Yeah. Okay, that may make <sighs> way more sense than and Jesus wept. Uh, yeah. That's like, I don't know. Weird. At least he didn't say come to daddy or something like that. <laughs> Again. <laughs> really yeah. over, God, Please he, come to daddy. He's trying, yeah. to make a, he's trying to make a brand. He's just yeah, really that's what he's it. doing. Yeah. Oh, wasn't there a scene where someone's head exploded in this one? Yeah, that was him. Yeah, his oh, head explodes right before the door shuts. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I ended up laughing when yeah, that was, yeah, it's for like three it, frames because it was cut very like it was in the, apparently again in the in the original cut like before like to avoid the censor they said like you can't show that much of his head exploding. Yeah. Oh, it it looked funny they, though uh, because of the way they did it. According to Clyde Barker, also the censor was just like you could never show more than like two hip thrusts in a row. Like three was considered indecent. As he put it, okay. how how dare you do it three so times? So just doing this is you can't uh, well, only no, do it. Like, no, like in a sex scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. The, the reason being that a, a obvious movie movie executive just needs two. Yeah. Three is just yeah. excessive. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> and you're good. You don't. Especially need, if you're an you know. Especially if you're an English movie executive and you look like Mr. Bean. <laughs> oh my. I, I laughed really hard when the first guy showed up and like he looks like he kind of looks like Mr. Bean. Uh, there's some really good. Uh, there's a few good trivia pieces. The, my favorite is the top one here. During a post-production party when filming it ended, <laughs> uh, Doug Bradley was dismayed that he was being ignored by the members of the crew. He later found out that it, uh, that um, he found out that. He had been in makeup all the time, and nobody actually realized he played priest. <laughs> that's kind of like. Also, I looked it up. Apparently, he Doug Bradley is like a childhood friend of Clive Barker's. Mm. Oh, really? So this oh. movie is totally just like, oh, put you in my movie. Aww. You, you get to be the guy on the poster. Uh, the film, as said, originally supposed to be called The Hellbound Heart after the novella. But that sounded uh, like a romance. The studio, yes, thought it was a, a a romance. So Barker then offered sadomasochists from beyond the grave. Two on the nose. <laughs> uh, to and which, only one of them is from beyond the grave, to uh, be sure. This ultimately opened up the floor to the production team offering up movie suggestions, to which one 60-year-old uh, female crew member offered up what a woman would do for a good yeah. Oh, <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear her story. Yeah, it's. <laughs> uh, let's see. It sounds like a sad story. <laughs> uh, many viewers have commented about the four quality of the FX at the end of the movie. Clive Barker explained, due to a limited budget, there was no money left to have the FX done professionally. Instead, Barker and a Greek guy animated <laughs> those scenes by hand over a single weekend. Barker like they threw has, that in there as an excuse or something. Yes. Barker has almost co also commented that he thinks the FX turned out very well considering the amount of alcohol the two consumed that weekend. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and one thing I think I would take away. So my takeaway from finally seeing Hellraiser all the way through is that 
Not as spooky as I originally thought. I still think it's kind of good in a way, just as it's, a as a p- spectacle piece. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, it's a guilty cult. pleasure. It's a cult. It's a cult classic. I feel like if you're into horror and you have not seen a Hellraiser movie, then it's kind of like you have to watch at least one Hellraiser movie. Yeah, it's not a good like plot wise movie to watch, but it's like a visual like interesting thing. I yeah, I I, I like the. I know. I, I conceptually like the idea of the like demonic alternate dimension where like they, like I mean I guess I really like Event Horizon, yeah. which mm-hmm. you know which this movie has nothing in common with. Um, it's like I like that conceptually. I I think that was that was interesting. Uh, I think they could have simplified some of the like the weird like Cenobites like quest and the stuff that, that he give, gives them. Yeah, I think more focus on the Cenobites would have been better. I think that's basically what it turned out. Yeah. Like, oh, the fans love the Cenobites. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Everyone loves. So many people love Pinhead. So they're way more interesting than like than like Greasy Frank. Yeah, Frank was <laughs> not that interesting. Um, I will say, even though like I read that it was a flop, he did another movie called Nightbreed, which I think is better than the Hellraiser movies. I think Frank would have been more interesting, but he he would have to be this like Marquis de Sade character. Instead, he's just like a weird guy. Yeah, he's just a weird all, guy all of his perversity. His rocks off. All of his perversity is off camera and poorly explained. Mm-hmm. And when it's on camera, it's like really guy. Yeah, I don't. I think Clive Barker's just really into like really grotesque horror. I think he's stronger probably as a writer. Yeah, definitely. Um, but. I, I I don't know. Like I feel I feel like the second I it's been a while since I've seen the second one and I've only seen the first one again recently. So this is I'm saying this with just take that with a grain of salt because like I I believe the second one's a bit better and has a better storyline yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. That's been um, the consensus that I've gotten. Yeah. Like like I was talking to uh, our, our our friends Jacqueline and Kyle like mm-hmm. before I got down here because they wanted my impression on Hellraiser. Yeah. And I was like, uh, it's not amazing. I mean, it's good if like if you if you're really into like horror movies and you like some really gross stuff going on, yeah. check it out. It's, it's got it's good elements to yeah. it, certainly. Yeah. But yeah. like the story is just not that great. But the, but they all said like in a consensus like watch the second one. Yeah, I it feel helps like put it all together. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're gonna watch the first one. You also need like you have to watch the first one so you can watch the second one. Yeah. It's basically how how this works. Yeah. So, I mean, he probably does have a bigger budget on the second one, which is probably why I'm remembering it being better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. isn't Clive Barker like finishing the actual like story now? Like he's making like a final book for it and a, and a final movie that's coming out. Oh, is he actually making a final? Because there's so yeah. many Hellraiser movies. I know. Now. Uh, apparently, there's like an actual <laughs> punctuation that's coming for it. All. Oh. Okay, that'd yeah. be interesting. Uh, so let's see. Uh, looking at what is currently out, uh, there was a video Hellraiser, Hellraiser Judgment, and Hellraiser is merely listed at the top as announced. So hmm. likely isn't in any production, but he's just announced. I just heard that one of the Hellraiser movies didn't have the that didn't have the original guy that played uh, Pinhead in it. it was really bad. I remember someone saying that. Um, oh, and. The, the details of this is exactly what I was going to lead to, which is the point that I thought that Hellraiser 
deserves a reboot of yes, sorts. Yes, I was just thinking that. And that is exactly what this is. A reboot of the 1987 horror film about an evil creature who is summoned from another dimension. Oh, so there actually okay. are going to do a reboot of Hellraiser. You, you can definitely get away with a lot more than what I think they tried to get away with with the first Yes. Cut. Oh, crap. I Modern day audiences that. would have a lot more they could do a little bit more with it. Oh, yeah. So apparently, although Clive Barker wrote the original story and also wrote and directed the first film, he has not written or directed any of the succeeding sequels. Yeah, that makes sense. He signed huh. away the story and character rights to the production company before the first film, not realizing what a great success it would be. Oops. Aww. Oh, baby, no. Ouch. That's that... a spicy meatball. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that sucks. Well, I, I think the last little bit of trivia I want to offer here, which I think is a good closer for this. When Clive Barker first showed the film to his mother, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she, she cried tears of joy upon seeing her son's name in the opening credits. Aww. He leaned over and whispered that that would be the happiest she would be for the next <laughs> two hours. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why would you show your mother this movie? Yeah, I Why would know. Why I mean, in the end, it's your... I mean, she shouldn't be that surprised knowing what he writes. He writes horror. She'd be like, I did this to you somehow. Like, where did I go wrong? <laughs> Mom, you did. You raised me right. I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> Don't worry about it. By the way, I sold the rights, and we're not going to make the whole lot of money after this. So By the sad. way, I'm a big dum-dum. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. Oopsie. Oopsie-doodle. Uh, but yes, um, I think overall we would say Hellraiser might be something that you could be interested in. Uh, it's not yeah. without its yeah. flaws. It's not without its... Yeah, I mean, I consider it a classic. It's a horror classic. If you haven't seen it and you're a horror fan, I feel mm -hmm. like you have to watch it at least once. You know, and like I said, it's, it is a good introduction to the second movie, which, like I said, I believe is better. Yeah. And, so. and, and it do have that spoopy boy. I mean, is a lot of people love Pinhead. There's a lot of spoopy boys, and no dogs die in it, so yeah. that, that's a yeah. really big plus. Oh, oh, I hate any movies where dogs die. Yeah, well, don't kill the animals in the movies. That makes me sad. Yeah. Well, you know, there is a movie that I know that does have a dog in it. Several. There's actually two dogs. There, the two, two dogs. There's two dogs in the movie Lost Boys. Yeah, this yes. coming up next. Oh, yes. See, I was gonna segue with a joke like that, but I didn't know if it was a little too early. Okay, no, I want to hear yours. Oh well, I was gonna say I know a movie where the dog doesn't die. Okay, <laughs> uh, and it's called Lost Boys. <gasps> and I think we're gonna be talking about that in well, the next step because that's your selection. That is my By selection. dog. You mean Corey Feldman, right? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> he's a little puppy. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I think you mean Corey Ham. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so the next episode is going to be a trip down to Santa Cruz, not Santa Cruz, California. Yeah. Don't, don't, can't, can't use that. It's not, it's not Santa Cruz, Santa Carla. Oh, yeah. okay. Which is how I misspell Santa Clara. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we will be uh, sinking our teeth into the movie oh, The boy, Lost Boys. howdy, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't rip roar to talk about this vampire movie. Ooh, this one's oh, good. Yeah. This one will be fun. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, you, we are the Saturday Friends Club. You can go find us over at satfriendsclub.com. We're also at Twitter, Twitter at satfriendsclub.com to see when our episodes come up. Patreon, patreon.com slash satfriendsclub if you want to join our awesome group of patrons and join our Discord and work with us on episodes and find out when we do our shows on KCRH Radio at KCRH radio.com uh, and do all this stuff uh, and that's it we will be back next episode where we will be vamping it up and having a good old time uh, I think with that and everything over here on my control side set up we are all good sleep well everyone TTFN okay <laughs>